So I'm just going to speak a little bit about what the 1996 impact had on our communities. And the way that I'd like to uh, speak about it is that when the 1996 laws um, were passed, right, our communities, particularly black and brown, poor communities, and inner city communities, were essentially under siege, right? It was essentially a war. And this is not a term that our communities came up with. This is a term that the US government came up with to try to essentially address the issues that were happening in black and brown communities, such as the war on drugs, the war on poverty, the war on crime. And that's essentially where the 1996 laws came out of. This was the same type of policies that were the blueprint for mass incarceration today. It also came out the same era for mass deportations today. So I just really want folks to kind of set it in context about when these laws came out. The last time immigration laws were passed in this country were 20 years ago. <laughs> and the impact it's had on our communities is essentially the same impact that the war on drugs has had on our communities or all these policies that have this theme of war. One major issue with the 1996 laws and how it affected our communities was the expansion of crimes. What this did is essentially marry the criminal legal system with the deportation system. And so what you have, particularly for our communities, is that this apparatus of state violence, such as our local police officers, such as the courts, such as the prison system and the disenfranchisement with the, with the convictions, had all started to blend together. And in fact, we are now living in an era as a non-citizen in which deportation is essentially just an extension of mass incarceration. That expansion of the crimes essentially did that, right? So when we get targeted by the police, we get arrested, go to court, get the conviction, go to prison, and if you happen to not be born in the United States of America, and you happen to not have been naturalized, that consequence is deportation and its banishment. Another issue in the 1996 laws, or another sort of thing that it did and how it affected our communities, <laughs> is that it made it retroactive. Right? And what that simply means is that if you had committed a crime in the 80s and 90s during the war on drugs, during the crack epidemic, or what have you, right, and it wasn't deportable then, but after the 1996 laws, it's deportable now. Essentially, it's a trap. The retroactivity just means that there are large thousands, if not tens of thousands of people that we live among, right, are at one point, if the laws continue, are going to get detained or going to get deported, and that they live under this fear. And the last point that I want to bring up about the 1996 laws and how it's impacted our communities in a technical way, right, is mandatory detention and mandatory deportation. What that means simply to our communities is no bond, no relief, and because it's immigration, particularly no appointed lawyer. What that does is that it creates a system and an apparatus in which you can deport three to 400,000 people a year, right? And those type of numbers, essentially, those type of deportation numbers, I think in the history of nation states or in the history of what we know as the contemporary world, 
really only happens during times of war, right? And so the 1996 laws and how it's impacted our communities has been devastating. Since the 1996 laws, there's been about 4.5 or 4.6 million people that have been deported, right? There's been like 16 million returns. I'm going to call that forced migration. So we're really looking at about 20 million people that have been affected since 1996, right? And what that does is that it's essentially created a lot of trauma and depression in our communities, not just here, but also across the waters, right? And so essentially it's like this exploitation of our depression and our trauma in our communities here, right? But also straining our communities in the homelands of where we come, whether it's Jamaica, Trinidad, or Cambodia, or what have you. Presently, these laws affect our communities by fear. The enforcement apparatus right now that we are under, particularly, right, because of the police and ICE, we can't distinguish these folks. When ICE comes to our homes and raid us, we don't see these as technically home raids. These are essentially kidnappings, right, in which our, this might be the last time we see our loved ones that go into a system in which there's no lawyer, no bond, no relief, right? And so for the, the future, it's looking a little bleak, but there is resistance, right? Because in that resistance, we see that detention and deportation is, again, only an arm, right, of the state <laughs> violence that poor black and brown communities go through. And the system did that for us. It made it very clear, right, that whether it's the police or whether we're in prison or whether we're in a detention center, what have you, our communities will continue to go through violence. And the only way to be able to live as a human being with dignity is to resist that state violence.